one go. Hey everyone, uh, this is chapter uh, 17 of a virtual estate. We're here with uh, Matthew from uh, Scent. Uh, Matthew, I'm very excited to have you here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Cool. So uh, um, nice. So I'm I'm a I'm a, a, a user of Scent, and uh, and I would love to uh, to like if you can tell the the people what what led you into Scent and what is Scent. Cool. I'll start with what Scent is. So basically, Scent's a network for universal creative income. That's the the long-term kind of category that we think we want to operate in. At a, at a very like simple level, it's uh, a network where creators and fans can earn money together. And they can earn money by creating great content that other fans want to subscribe in. And fans can also earn money not just by subscribing, which is incentivized, but they can also give thoughtful replies give thoughtful engagement in uh, where they could be rewarded uh, with mon- uh, with a certain monetary value, which, as you know, like Sen is on the blockchain and we use uh, Ethereum as our uh, uh, de facto currency. So at a, at a very short, a high level, that is what Scent is. And well, what led me into Scent is kind of a long story. It goes back to 2017. I don't know if you remember that far. It's the ages yeah. in crypto. But I remember that's one of the most exciting years. In, in totally. But, uh, yeah. Totally. So, well, I originally got into Ethereum at the end of 2015. So, I, it, the year 2016, I went through the original DAO incident and saw the price of Ether crash even more than it was. And then into mm-hmm. 2017, as you know, things were starting to, to cook uh, towards the latter part of the year. And as someone who was a holder of of Ethereum in particular, I was always looking for a place to use my crypto. Holding it is not something that's fundamentally interesting with Ethereum in particular and the smart contracts, the programmable money aspect. I was always looking for a project that had a very approachable smart contract, something that anyone that is non-technical could interact with. And around November, I came across Scent which at the time had positioned itself as a crypto Quora. So basically they had a a rudimentary bounty mechanism where people could attach a bounty to a question and incentivize people to come and answer. It was bare bones basic, but anyone could reply. You didn't need to have uh, any connection with blockchain in order to reply, but you stood the chance of potentially winning crypto if you give a thoughtful enough answer. So that's when I got hooked as a user. Uh, over the next couple of months, I became obsessed with uh, Scent in particular. But of course, I rode the wave of crypto kitties in the beginning of uh, December uh, 2017. But through that time, I was really, really, really like infatuated with Scent. So I wrote like literally over 100 blog posts on my old blog about Scent. Um, I wrote the team a few times asking them, like, how could I get involved with the project? How could I help out? And by the end of March, April, after a couple calls with Cameron and Max, who are the co-founders of Scent, uh, I was offered a gig on the team. So I hopped on there. I started out managing social, um, got involved in product, pushing that. And then, as you know, right now, one of the, the 
special parts of scent is the amazing community that's around it. And I've, I mean, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I, I think I've played a pretty important role in helping to cultivate this amazing community. Um, obviously, all the laurels, all the accolades belong with all the individual members of the community. Um, but I tried to be the advocate to make sure that the community is heard and that their needs are reflected in how the product is built. Uh, and that pretty much takes us to where we're at today and our new release of what we're, we call the the new scent, which came out on April 20th, just a couple of days ago. And it's a new era of scent. We have a very refined look. I like to say we Marie Kondoed the whole entire product. And right mm -hmm. now we have a very basic, um, but a very essential version of scent that now we can continue to build and iterate on uh, and expand for a greater audience. Nice, nice. That's that's an amazing story, actually. I I thought it, I thought it started from so it started from a Q and A site and 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 went into a, a incentivized blogging sites. Uh, so how was this uh, um, like shift went on? Yeah. So when I was an, a user originally. I really enjoyed the thoughtful engagement that the community back then had with the product. But like, like I said, the, the intent was to be incentivized Quora or blockchain Quora. But in reality, instead of people simply posing questions and, at and attaching a bounty, we saw that users would post, like for example, blog posts or share it, like uh, photos that they took and they would attach a bounty for engagement. Because, I mean, like, you know, on other platforms, if you're not some of the early users, um, if you're not a big fish, you it's very hard to get any sort of meaningful engagement from people. And the bounty mechanism was that way to attract the engagement that people are really thirsty for, that human connection. So when I came onto the team, even before that, one of my big aspirations with the team was to say, hey, I really want to start taking my blog, which I had at the time, and put it on scent and utilize this bounty mechanism and it just cultivate my own community around my writing in that way. So when I came onto the, the team, of course, there were a lot of other issues we had. We needed to refine the product more. We needed to really think about well, what's a generalizable uh, incentive mechanism that we can apply not just to bloggers, but all other creative types. And through that, that product iteration uh, and that brainstorming, we came across and invented uh, a mechanism you may be familiar with, seeding. Um, and the original seeding was a way for folks to sort of invest in someone's content uh, in the form of a post. So not only could the content poster add a bounty to their post for, to incentivize engagement, but the fans, the readers could invest in the post. And if enough fans followed on and seeded the post, then they're able to make a sort of return. Um, and then the theory was that people who seed posts, they should go out and market the individual posts to incentivize more people to come in and, and uh, follow up seed. But I mean, it, it worked well enough. It was interesting, but we found out that the original seeding was basically used as a form of tipping, right? And then mm -hmm. we're just trying to, for the past like six to eight months, we're thinking, how can we reinvent the platform? How, we, how, how can we simplify it so that more creators can come on and spotlight their work more? And then most importantly, 
earn more income by sharing their valuable content. So that's what takes us to today with the seeding 2.0, which is uh, incentivized subscription, essentially at the creator level. And then the addition of the spot button, which again, taking a cue from the community, seeing how they really enjoyed tipping great quality content. We are giving people, instead of a like, a one penny like, if you will. So every time that you like a piece of uh, content, whether that is a post or a uh, reply, that sends one cent to the that that content creator. And, right. so, yeah. so, so just to understand the economic uh, uh, like mechanism, there is one part that is like a bonding curve that people are sitting, or in other words, betting on on a post. So they are putting money in a bonding curve, and then if there is more money in the future, like they are basically um, so it would be like a, a, a new token for, for, for each post. And then this token is more valuable or, or more expensive to issue if uh, more people are doing this seeding in the future. And then where, where this cent for each like comes from? And what was the last part of your question? And then like one part of the question, if I got it right in terms of the uh, post part, and the other part of the question is, how the tipping, uh, sorry, how the likes part work in terms of where this cent per like comes from? What, like, I mean, where this money comes from? Um, so where cent was or where cent has found itself nowadays is that we're a platform of over 50,000 users. Um, over the past over two years, a lot of these users have accumulated ETH in their accounts, um, either because they used they, they posted a lot and people seeded them uh, or because they actually invested a lot in other people and they got a return or they responded to bounties uh, or engaged in any of the other older incentive mechanisms. So we have thousands of users, tens of thousands of users with ETH sitting in their accounts. Um, in the old version of Scent, one of the key behaviors that we observed is the altruistic tipping behavior. Um, that wasn't our intent the, the mechanism that we had designed that they're using for tipping. So instead of having them uh, utilize a mechanism in, in, a, in the wrong way, in a, in a way that is not beneficial for everyone, we decided to make the spot button, which is basically it's a simplified way of tipping, um, but it's more like the typical like button that you have in other sites. And then to answer the first part of the question about like what is seeding and how does that mechanism work? So essentially, every single month, every creator will receive a certain amount of uh, seeds from other people that invest or the other people that seed in them. Those people will have a particular share of seeds out of the total seed pool. Based on that percentage, they're able to carry over and maintain that percentage into the next month. That percentage that they've seeded the creator will uh, provide them access to a percentage of the seed pool that's reserved for them. Oh, I see, I see. So it's like an attention pool. There is a lot of attention based on the total seeding amount. And then this attention is, is going to the seeders based on their uh, time or these seeds and, and the amount they seeded, right? Exactly. At the, the time of seeding, like, so if you're early, 
that is a very important factor in determining the split of the seed pool that you earn, as well as the overall amount in that one month period. So, and then the thought is, okay, if you've invested in, or if you've seeded a content creator in month one, well, we want you to come back from month two. So if you're that early, the earliest seeder in a creator and you've invested a sizable amount, you have a really high upside, upside to continue that seeding into the month too, because assuming the content creator is great, more seeders uh, will come along and the seed pool will grow and your percentage of that seed pool will continue to grow. Or even if it decreases because of the overall number, you still stand to gain a pretty sizable return. And on the flip side for the creator, 50% of all the seeds uh, raised go to the creator. So that's, it's uh, in theory, at least we can, route a, a non-trivial amount of value back to the creators while simultaneously their fans, their subscribers can also earn. Amazing. And, and, and what is the amount of, uh, of a, a average monthly pool uh, across, uh, uh, I mean, of seats across platform, across the, the pla- I mean, across all the, across the board? Yeah. So we just launched the new version of seeding on Monday. <laughs> so we're still in the first month. We're still trying to see how much uh, activity is generated. But in the, the first couple of days, uh, a couple thousand dollars have, have been raised through seeding. So it's going to be pretty interesting if this continues at this rate by the end of the month. There could be a, a really fantastic amount of money that one, gets routed to the creators, and then two, the, the fans, the people who've subscribed in the creators. So we're really excited about this. But of course, there's a lot of other issues that we need to improve around the incentive mechanism. We need to make the site easier to use. We need to fix, obviously, the new release um, issues <laughs> that every project um, encounters when they push out a new product, all the, different, all the new code and all the, the new issues that arise because of that. Amazing, amazing. And uh, okay, so, so this is super cool and, and I feel and I see your vision the same thing as the whole NFT vision because, the, because this is basically what NFT is about, like to um, uh, get people that create valuable content a way to uh, you know to um, it's like a Frankenstein with, with the life versus Frankenstein without life. It's like turning a content into something that, have its own life, which is uh, something amazing. And then based on the attention that this piece of content is getting, uh, um, the creator can, can also make money in the future. And so I think it's, uh, it's brilliant. And um, in terms of future, you said that your general vision is to do it with other part of content. So uh, after blogging, let's say in a year from now or two years from now, like, what do you imagine to be other kind of um, content monetization ways? Um, so if you're talking about the different content types, so well, bloggers are, are one category, but on scent, we've had a, a surplus of crypto artists and artists and visual artists, graphic designers that hopped onto the site from the early part of last year. Uh, they represent a huge uh, portion of our community right now. And they're pumping out some really, really amazing work. And, and personally speaking, as, as a consumer and a, a seeder in these creators, I really enjoy when they post 
about the process behind their creations. So for example, we have a lot of people who are selling work on super rare. And of course, like the, the final work, the work that is on sale that people are collecting is beautiful in its own right. But one of the really valuable insights um, that people either that are creators or non-creators, but appreciate the work can, can derive and find on scent are these posts about the process into these uh, visual creations. So that's a hu- huge other uh, part of the co- community. We also have a burgeoning uh, portion of users who are poets, who are f- professional photographers, uh, who enjoy food and are just sharing their, their the food that they like. And since the language on scent is all English, we're able to see people from all over the world communicate and share like valuable insights into just totally different ways of living. So we have this kind of like global blogging uh, contingent that's starting to spring up. Uh, But heading forward, we see these uh, established communities growing. And also I'm looking forward to like other niche communities coming on. Like for example, um, I don't know if you use Instagram, but there's a whole community, sub community of like skaters people who like mm-hmm. skateboard, fashion, the whole culture around it. And well, within that community, a very, very small percentage of people are able to find sponsors uh, and like make a living off of their, their passion for skateboarding and making content related to that. I feel like uh, the connection, not just with skateboarders, but like artists and the creatives that we already have on scent, like those connections are so deep. There's a lot of artists who skateboard. There's a lot of skateboard skateboarders who are artists. So bringing that a large portion of that sub community on scent, where a lot larger portion of those skaters can monetize their passion and their create uh, creations related to skating, I think that would be a natural fit. And any other sort like sub communities that up until this point have found monetization very difficult, I think they will be able to find uh, an amazing and a welcoming uh, community and home on scent to start posting their work. Amazing. And uh, and about the other side, about the seeders, is it, I mean, is it uh, monthly settled? I mean, I mean, if, uh, if I'm now uh, in the early days of scent and uh, I'm doing a good predictions for this month, like and then there is a like like a distribution of the funds to uh, creators and to seeders. Uh, will I also make make money next month, or I, I need to start the whole process again? Like, is it also keeps a small portion of all the seeding fund for uh, the whole life? Like. Uh, of the of the system like is there a long-term memory uh, 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 um, like mechanism or it's just uh, coming to zero every month and you need as a seeder to start over every month yeah so you can think of the carryover from one month to one month if you decide to seed again as letting your uh the total seed amount that you have in the creator ride it's a form of staking actually. So by reseeding a creator, you're maintaining your stake and you're growing it. And the more that you grow it, like the easier it is to maintain a larger percentage of the, like the total seeding amount in that creator. So you can cash out immediately after the first month and you can start from zero or you can 
let your stake ride and you can maintain your stake uh, and try to attempt to grow it and keep that whatever place uh, in terms of the cedar you have in the in the the creator because if you use sent and you go into the dashboard you can see if you're a cedar in a creator what your relative place is so if you know that you're the first place in terms of cedar into a creator all you need to do is maintain that first place and you can guarantee yourself a really healthy um, stake in the creator that you can re uh, reseed in the next month and maintain that rank and well the 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 monetary incentive is one part of why people seed. But of course, like it, it, people don't just uh, seed or subscribe to creators because they want a return. They really want more content. They want to support, yeah, the creator. And the, the plan that we have, since we're able to track and connect and bring these two sides together in a way that hasn't been possible before, like for example, on Patreon or other sites, like you don't have that direct connection via the, the blockchain by a user's address to build out truly unique and special uh, experiences. But now of course, like we can add like the, the typical bells and whistles, like exclusive content, exclusive chats, for the seeders and the creators. But then there's the other special relationship that you're familiar with because of NFTs, but you can airdrop like special rewards back to your seeders, your subscribe subscription base because of this direct connection that all the fans, all the seeders will have with their creator. So it'll go both ways. And the incentive to become a seeder is not only monetary, it becomes way more than that. It becomes experiential. Uh, and the money is just something that makes it even deeper. Uh, the connections, that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually, like it's a great way to uh, find people like you, engage with them, have with skin in the game, and uh, and uh, and get a reward if you spot it uh, uh, right. So, yeah, definitely super interesting and cool and. Now, I mean, you see a lot of art in, in, like, in your hat at Ascend and, and also as a community member and, and everything. Like, how do you see the art uh, space right now? And um, like, like, what do you think art is used for? What do you think it will be used for in the future? How do you think this market will, will develop? Because in the last couple of months, it, it developed a lot. And I think it will, actually, it feels to me like 2017, in um in uh, you know in uh, uh, app coins where, where there was this disgrace of uh, ICOs so I feel it's it's gonna be the same with art um like what what is your view on on the space uh, yeah from a high level like crypto art and tokenized art they represent a fundamental revolution in art period that's the high level that what is going to happen, what is happening right now because of crypto art and tokenized art is a total revolution within art. It's amazing to see the creators who get it. The work that they're putting out is amazing. Uh, 
And to your point, like things are starting to heat up on the collector side. And that's when things are, and because of that, things are getting even more interesting. You're seeing more traditional artists uh, come into the space. You're seeing folks who have, for example, been graphic designers and they've generally been like contractors contracting their craft out to other people now start to say, oh, I can actually make a living as a creative on my own. I don't need to work for some like larger collective. So they're starting to contribute their work from their perspective, utilizing the blockchain uh, to to authentically share and prove the provenance of the work uh, and and help collectors track and 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 own that work. It's it's amazing. And well, as you know, like operating in the the virtual worlds, like crypto voxels in particular, this digital art, this crypto art, is beautiful and just is seamlessly works in these virtual worlds. The collectors can hang it up and display their work in in a, in a proper context because digital work, I think, demands to be first of all displayed in a digital world. Like that's its yeah. natural home. And you're not only is the artwork being displayed, but you're seeing the artists also build out their virtual homes in the in like crypto voxels, which is making it just a more vibrant, dynamic world. And the one thing about crypto art that I think a lot of people on the outside miss out is the the collaboration that being on the blockchain sort of uh, incentivizes. So you have, of course, artists who collaborate with other artists, but you're starting to see artists collaborate with uh, videographers or artists collaborate with poets. Any sort of creative can can, uh, can collaborate on the blockchain, and crypto art is is the most beautiful manifestation of that collaboration. And all of that is a pretty funky way of saying that crypto art, in addition to being a, a revolution for art period, is also cert- proving to be the easiest on-ramp for people into crypto. You don't oh, need sure. to be technical. Yeah, oh, you just have to be creative. And it's a tool that people are able to utilize to monetize their creativity and uh, authentically prove that their work is their work um, because of, of how the blockchain works and how it's able to create this digital scarcity, uh, which in itself is is revolutionary. And like myself as a collector, uh, it's, it's brilliant to be able to collect true works of art. Uh, and at the same time, there's the other side of, well, there's a lot of people who want to support creators. And well, collecting may not be at the forefront of their mind, but the platforms that are available offer something for pure collectors who are focused on simply collecting the best rare digital art, as well as people who want to support creators uh, and maybe not don't care so much about the relative rarity of a particular piece or edition. So you're starting to see a really interesting crypto economy uh, come out of this and the funds that the creators are raising, the funds that the platforms are raising are being reinvested into the community to create bigger and better things uh, in the virtual world, as well as the real world with some of the, well, obviously COVID-19 threw a wrench in the offline uh, meetups and conferences and uh, galleries and things like that. Um, But the impact is growing day by day. And really, it, it does sort of feel a lot like the lead up to the 2017 bubble, um, just in the NFT and crypto art space. Yeah, yes, yeah, I totally agree. I couldn't agree, agree more. And uh, from your hat, 
let's say, okay, from your head as a collector, what, what are you looking at? Like people from the outside, my friends that are gen- general crypto investors, I told them, listen, a crypto R is going to be big, but, but they told me, you know, I know it's going to be big, but I have no idea how to collect. So like, what do you think should be a, an answer for, for uh, these guys? Like for people that don't know what should be some guidelines, what, uh, or what tools should be invented to, uh, ease, to make the process easier for new people, new, new investors, I mean, new collector people? Well, like the first advice I would have is simply to come check out a site like Super Rare. They are leading the way when it comes to, first of all, emphasizing rare digital art. Every single work of art on Super Rare is one of one super rare piece, right? So going on there, they have some interesting tools where you can see the top artists in terms of sales. That's one way to look at who is quote unquote successful as an artist and who maybe is sought after by many collectors, which increases the relative and average uh, value of their work. You can also look at who collectors are scooping up. So there's a small cohort of like 20 to 30 collectors that have some pretty robust collections. Uh, I'm happy to say that I have a pretty pretty great collection. And just by, first of all, starting out as a, a passionate fan of some artists, really just f- coming across a work and being struck in my heart and being like, wow, that is beautiful, or that is deep, or oh, that is a message that is going to live on and be important. Like being struck in that way with a piece is the second thing after doing your homework. And then it's about, well, making that kind of plunge. Uh, you, you can research, you can look, and you can kind of bookmark the work as much as you want. But really, like you have to kind of be willing to go over that edge of sending a, a, a non-trivial amount of ETH to a creator in exchange for their work. And that last part is, is the biggest hurdle to get over. And I mean, if we want to zoom out from crypto art, like we can ask ourselves, how many people are traditional collectors in, in the physical art world? Bare, barely anyone, right? Really, no one, no one really cares about art outside of a very, very small minority of people in the real world. So, like mantra, you know, it, it's like a bunch of people, like rich people that play with each other and pump each other um, pieces. And I think most of it is uh, corrupt, like museums, everything is like working together. You know, my, uh, my uncle uh, uh, used to work at Christie's, so she's telling me how things work in this industry. And um, let's say you, you need to open it to more people, these dynamics, and, uh, and um, uh, yeah, to, to democratize this space. Yeah. And that's where the blockchain comes in. And that's where the transparency lies. That's where the connection, direct connection with the artist and their collector comes in and which hasn't existed before. You had the middlemen uh, like the galleries or um, everyone else in the middle trying to get a slice of uh, the, the money that people spend on art, leaving the artist alone and broke and then leaving the collector ripped off in my mind and none richer for developing a better human connection with the artists that they, they truly love enough to buy. So crypto art is starting to really democratize it, 
really open up the and make the transactions transparent. And like I said, bringing those connections uh, closer and closer together. And the room for collaboration is, is ripe for the collector and the artist as well. Like commissioning work uh, becomes that much easier. Um, collaborating for like some project together that benefits both uh, mutually. It, like the avenues to build off of what the blockchain is provisioning these crypto artists and collectors is pretty amazing. And again, it's something that you have to kind of experience to really get. We can talk about it to death, but people are going to be like, I still don't get it. You're spending $10,000 on on a, a image that I can copy paste. <laughs> like, unless you understand the and, and really appreciate that digital scarcity, that ownership aspect, it, it, p- those people can't be helped. But if people get across that chasm, then it's about, okay, well, let's look at the community. Let's look at the transparency. Let's look at the the extra benefits that you could gain if you participate by actually collecting. So there's these two big hurdles, which, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, it's great because it keeps a lot of riffraff, a lot of people that don't are inconsequential out. But the people that really do make those leaps end up being fantastic contrib- yeah, contributors. And just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the people that get in, once they get in, they are hooked. Like, oh, uh, totally. They're addicted. And collecting is is an addiction. (laughs) Like, I like to say that, well, Super Rare, Known Origin, uh, Maker's Place, Async Art, even OpenSea uh, to an extent, the Blockchain Art Exchange, these are all crypto art bars. And collectors are able to stay at the bar all day, all night, every week, every year, and they can collect as much as they want. And you're starting to see some crazy collections as a result of these always open crypto uh, crypto art marketplaces. I have to warn people to be careful when you make that first purchase uh, and when you start to collect, because after that, it's a slippery slope. It is so competitive and it's just such a rush to be able to collect something that you covet so strongly after first seeing it. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. You know, I can keep keep talking about this for 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 hours. You know, <laughs> it's uh, super cool. But let uh, uh, I will stop here.